Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. Calling in live this week from downtown Fort Myers, Florida, as they do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have got yet another fantastic show lined up for all of you. We have my co-host, the Associate Dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey. Jack will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Our guest today is Patricia Stallworth. Patricia and her successful one-minute podcast are joining us this week to share just what Patricia did to get her show from zero to thousands of downloads in just a few months. Patricia is the founder of Make Your Money Work Movement, the host of Minding Your Money Minute podcast, the author of the upcoming book, Profits on Fire, and she's also a money coach and a strategist who works with individuals and business owners who want to get their money life in order and working for them. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I think Jack is finally here. Yes. Sorry, I had a little trouble getting in today. Hi, Patricia. Hi, how are you? Great. You want me to take it from here, Gina? I would love that, Jack. Thank you. Okay. You're in good hands, Patricia. I'll be nice. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot to talk about. We have an hour, and uh, and I think probably one of the most interesting things I saw was this idea of a one-minute podcast. Can you tell us more about how the heck that even works? (laughs) I know. It sounds almost uh, like an impossible thing to do, but... What I what I did is I'm not a person who likes to to talk a lot. Ha ha! I'm on a talk show, um, but I <laughs> I don't have that much to say in a sense. But I do have this ability to condense things into bite-sized pieces. And when you begin to talk about the subject of money, most people can only take it in bite-sized pieces. You know, they don't they're not ready for mm-hmm. for the full thing. So what I decided to do is to mix that, you know, my love of just being able to give things in bite-sized pieces and, and my audience's love of just getting things in bite-sized pieces together. And so what I do is each day, I, it's on five days a week, I come on and I give a topic, I talk about a topic, and I just break it down into just little chunks. Uh, for example, we just recently had a show that was on retirement, but it wasn't on the full thing of retirement. It was just how do you get ready to prepare for retirement. So we talked about just some easy steps that you can do to get ready for that process. And that's really how I break down each of the topics that I talk about. Nice. Well, that's really cool. What's the response like? Do I mean, you know, everybody else has a long podcast. We have one right here. It's an hour. Some people have 30. <laughs> some people have 15 minutes. But uh, so your listenership, all of that kind of stuff, give us some details on your stats. Well, right like now <laughs> right now we have about 5,000 to 7,000 listeners, listeners a, a month. 
So we grew that from zero because I didn't have, I wasn't one of those people that had a big list to begin with. So I didn't have a lot of built-in or or, uh, people that I could automatically go to. So this has all been organic traffic that has come through, not just through the podcast, but then again, there's another element to it. And that element is marketing, which so many people forget to do. So that's been the thing that's really been driving my podcast to where it is today. Well, that's what we do here at Traffic Masters. We try to get all kinds of ideas from all kinds of people in all kinds of niches and different methodologies. There's so many now. Uh, We used to just have email and a couple of forums. (laughs) Now we have like a billion opportunities to drive traffic. So, So podcasting is one thing. What else do you do to get attention online? What's your favorite traffic driving strategy? I think it has to be that Twitter is my favorite for this. It seems like Twitter and podcasting kind of go hand in hand. It is a it is a quick medium itself. Things come very quickly, and you have a chance to really grab those audiences. And that's really the main thing that I'm doing. I know that I need to do more, and there's so much more that I want to do. But just to get started – that's been my main thing is really just focusing in on Twitter, getting very good at that. Well, that's something that we don't talk often about here uh, as often as other uh, social networks. Uh, A lot of people listening may have tried Twitter and kind of come up a little bit befuddled, you know, (laughs) and and you're making it work for you. What do you think – I mean, how, how does it work? It come from a newbie's perspective of uh, uh, what you do on Twitter to generate that attention? Well, one of the things that I do is I do several things with the show. I do the show, and then I also put the show on a blog post on my website. So I put it there, and then from there, what I usually do each day is I include some type of picture that just, just sort of captures whatever it is I'm talking about. And then that picture ends up on Twitter along with just a little blurb that really just sort of piques people's interest in terms of, I might want to know more about that. So then they click on that and they're back into into my podcast. So it's kind of a little circle Mm -hmm. that I take people through for that. And it's something that you have to do. I do that on a daily basis. So as as I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing the blog post, and I'm also doing the Twitter at the same time kind of thing. Right. So you're not necessarily camped out on Twitter. You've got a, a system set up that uh, takes it from your blog to Twitter automatically. I imagine you're doing that with the other social networks as well. It, it's really for Twitter I'm doing something a little bit different. It's not an automatic thing. And what I want to do, and I haven't gotten to the point yet, I realize this has just been just been a few months for me, and I was not a Twitter person before that either, um, uh-huh. is really just understanding how that works in the different times of day and the different markets that you get at the different times and things like that. So I've been doing this on my own so that I can see what happens at different times and track that. So I've, I'm starting to begin to see trends and uh, putting a system together that I can put on automatic pilot but right now it is just really me taking the time to pick out the different times of the day and different days to do certain things. So I'm still still in that learning mode myself <laughs> with this. Yeah. 
so there are better and worse times in your experience to uh, promote things. At least you're finding that in your early stages, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You're going to get a totally different audience in the morning than you do at lunchtime than you do in the evening. And um, it's it's just yeah. You're amazing. not going to get me in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's <laughs> it, you're you're going to get, but you get the different crowds, and that's the whole idea. I think that's really the strategy that so many people miss is that they put something up there, and they don't really think about the time of day and really tweaking the message a little bit for those different types of audiences that you're going to be getting at the different times of the day. Right. Right. And so the podcast and the uh, Twitter, all the traffic that you're generating, all the interest that you're generating, leads into things like your money school and things like that. What do you, what do you do for? Uh, how how does all of that work? Well, what I do is on the podcast. It's <laughs> just a minute, so I don't have a lot to say. But what I but the main I guess when you're when you're starting a, a podcast, the main thing that you need to understand is what is your purpose in doing that. And so my purpose was primarily to build my list because I didn't have one. And so what I do on that with that short period of time is really just drive people to my website to get something. Uh, Right now we have the, the Make Your Money Work movement going on. And so people can go there and they can download my 10 keys to make your money work for you and join the movement, which is which is really an important thing to really keep money at the top of your mind as you're going through your day. So uh, it's having that and it's building my list was a primary thing. As I go, th- as I get more into this and as I build the audience even more, then I will start to think about really driving them to, to the school and doing other things like that. But I just really, right now, the strategy is to get them on my list. Right. How are you doing with uh, with your list, your follow-up, your deliverability rate in, in particular? Are you finding email uh, a pleasant thing to work with, or <laughs> are you having any of the troubles that other people complain about? Oh, it, it's 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 you know it's like pulling teeth to to get me to do email. But I have found that when I do email my list, the, the my stats go up on the show. Because what I do when I when I do email them is I talk about uh, what has what has happened, you know, some of the podcast episodes that have happened, and then I talk about what's coming up, and uh, that seems to drive the traffic. So I've added another element for myself that I now need to keep up on a regular basis of emailing the list to make sure that they keep coming and listening to the show as well. Right. What uh, what email service do you use? I'm actually using AWeber, and uh, that gives me the ability to, you know, as you know, uh, put in some autoresponders for people and things like that. Uh, But it's really, once I really got into it and put together just a template that I could use for emailing my list, then it's really easy. I just go there, plug in the new data, and I'm done within 10 minutes. I, I have it all ready to go. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So... Awesome. Was that Jan? Yeah, this is Jan. Hey, Jack. Hey, Patricia. Thanks so hey, much for joining Jan. us. <laughs> so, uh, Jack, one of the things she's not really mentioning is that she has got multiple books out, and she was actually on a radio show, uh, had her own radio show for a while on a regular uh, radio network. 
So she has a lot of experience, but of course, you and I can't relate to the one minute thing because neither one of you can even neither one of us can even ask a question in a minute, <laughs> much less do. Like we have this conversation all the time, Patricia and I, and, and she's like, "I'm like Patricia, I couldn't have a one minute show because I can't say anything in less than a minute." Um, but Patricia, I've noticed that you're also incorporating like writing your new book and some of the information that you have from your other books into your sales funnel, which is also pretty effective. Because a lot of people have content, you know, and massive amounts of stuff that they've already created, and it's hard to figure out how to actually sort of bring that in Mm -hmm. and make it work for you. Absolutely. I I do have a ton of information, you're right. And one of the things that, you know, the idea of building the list, you know, is to not only have people just on a list, but be able to contact them and have other offers and things for them. So I've really started packaging some of that information into uh, various booklets and things like that so that people could, when they come there, get more information on whatever topic they would like to learn more about, whether it's whether it's getting out of debt or retirement or any other subject, that's being packaged so that they can get for $7 or $17 or whatever the price point is for the particular package that they want, they can pick up that as well. Well, you're speaking Gina's language now. With uh, sounds like uh, <laughs> what she would call content repurposing. And, mm-hmm. and that, that leads me to this. It's, it, we talk about this all the time. People are always um, – wanting to know more information about content marketing and they get a lot of, there, there's a lot of stress sometimes when they realize that I've said everything I and I was <laughs> going to ask you how many core points of your money strategies how many core or umbrella topics would you say that you talk about before you are done with with your big value to the world I would dare say it's probably not that many right well you know and that's a good question because I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's also a money person, and he's been thinking about starting his own podcast. And he said to me, he said, "Okay, I've got okay, I've got four topics I can talk about. I can talk about how to make money, you know, how to how to invest your money, and you know, and things like this." And I said, "No, no, no. What you have to do is you have to really take that apart, and you have to look at all the different elements inside of each one of those, so that it becomes." So that you can take one topic and break it in with my minute, I can break it into five or six or eight pieces, you know, so that it's limitless. And so that's what I was trying to get him to understand is that you just take a different perspective on a topic and it just takes Uh you all over the place. But you have to have that mindset to be open enough to realize, hey, you can look at it from a totally different way and it's a totally different story that you can tell. Absolutely. I was hoping that's where you would go. I love it when people independently figure all of these things out. It's like, wait a minute, uh, I've got to talk every day. We we quickly find out that the Internet demands a lot of us, and if we want certain things, we have to go about it in a certain way. So you want regular ongoing traffic from the web, you need to have something to say on a fairly consistent basis. Now, you go back to the guy who's got four topics that he talks about, that makes that guy really freak out. Because I'm like, well, i got four days' worth of content. What do I do now? <laughs> and you came up with the perfect system. You know, that's, that's exactly uh, what, you, uh, what anybody ought to be doing and thinking about. And it's also, what about tying it to current events? I mean, you can talk about 
relate your core concepts to current events all day long every day, right? Absolutely. There is so much going on. We look at the, you know, we look at so many people who, uh, especially business owners, who have really put their money in the hands of an accountant or someone else and the accountants run off with the money and things like that. So we see those stories or we see people getting divorces and and, and the, the settlements that they get and things like this and really bringing it down to a, to the level of the average person who who doesn't have millions at stake in a divorce but still has a lot of money you know, at stake in a divorce, and how do you really, uh, what kind of steps can you take to protect yourself when something like that comes up? So it's really taking those big topics, pulling them down to to what the average person experiences on a regular basis, and bringing it home for them, you know, making it, making it real. Yeah, which is and something that people should probably go, oh, yeah, duh, that's what some of my favorite <laughs> blogs and information sources already do, right? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. the really good ones that pique your interest every single day or close to it are really, if you think about it, talking about basically the same stuff. They're just coming up mm -hmm. with metaphor and, and current events and stories and things. And when you get really opened up to that, you should feel like the listeners should feel just like you do about it. You can go all day long, every day, in so many different directions, and there's no more stress about how do I come up with an idea? What am I going to say tomorrow? Absolutely, but you know, and, and but still, you do have that moment when it's like, oh my gosh, I have a show tomorrow. What am I going to say? You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get those days. <laughs> but there's always right. That's why out we there. have guests, so we don't have to guess what we want to say. We just go, hey, I, how you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I see. You know, and I think that's a great strategy. And really, that's one of the things I'm looking to incorporate into my show is just having uh, words of wisdom you know, from different people, and uh, yeah. just just having them say something about, you know, their money, either their story, uh, a mistake, or, you know, words of wisdom. And I would love to have you and Gina actually participate in that. Just a quick minute of, you know, something that you, I could give my listeners that would maybe help them understand that uh, everybody has issues and everybody has really good things to say about how they manage their money. Well, I can't speak for Gina because it is such a, a big commitment, one minute. But uh, I, I, I'll say that I'm in. I'm sure Jan is in. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll try to limit my response. Okay, no, okay. I'm definitely in. <laughs> Well, what, I, what I'm going, to, what I'm going, what I'm thinking about doing for that show is to having it go up to three minutes, you know. So, so. Um, oh my I'm God, you're breaking your model. <laughs> I, I, I know. I thought, well, for this for this specific thing, I think I think people will be okay because I need to introduce the person and then I need to let them talk. So, uh, I'm going to yeah. really just stretch that. I'm, I'm going to hope they're going to be okay with three minutes, you know. <laughs> There are people in our bachelor's program and motivation to profit program that are laughing their butts off right now listening to this and thinking about Gina being encapsulated in a three-minute podcast. I want to see it happen. I think we can do it. I, I think we you can have do to it understand, too. Patricia, that for me, it's difficult to do my calls in less than three hours. So three minutes, oh, my gosh. But you can, you can, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. I have faith in you. you know. So well, that's, that's, she's going she's gonna to hang up the phone and, then, and look at her desk and look at her clock. And she's never done three minutes after 12. She'll have a whole hour scheduled and not know what to do with herself. Oh, oh 
Oh my gosh, no! It'll be it, fun. It, it, it'll be fun. It really will be fun, and uh, uh, really, it's and it's a challenge that that I'm sure that the two of you are up to, or the three of you are up to. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm really proud of the fact that we're doing 60 of your podcasts right now. That's, wow. Uh, that, that, yeah, we're setting a record. We did 61-minute podcasts. We're just kind of j- just daisy-chaining them together here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dan, you, were, yeah. you had another question, I think, and yeah. cut, I cut you off earlier. That's okay. Um, um, I've known Patricia for years, and she's really an amazing person. And one thing I wanted to say, you know, we talk a lot about money, and but one of the things that I think, Uh, Patricia has the ability to do is not just have it talk about money as in here's the cash you're making, but many of us, especially entrepreneurs, we have goals for our life, and we have goals for our money to support our life. Well, the problem is many of us really aren't good at sort of looking at it and keeping track of it and really knowing how the money piece fits in. And Patricia and I have had this conversation many times about even people that are seem really successful, um, you know, from the outside, may not have a clue about what their real financial status is because they're, uh, you know, busy making money. Right. You know, you know, yeah. And a few weeks ago when we had uh, Cheryl Fields on, she was talking about it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a lot of the same conversation that the money conversation is so important because many of us are just looking for freedom and choices and expressing our passion, but without really understanding the money piece, which is sort of where the, you know, the mix between the passion and working out in the world comes together, um, it's really hard to get that to work well. Um, and, yeah. and and I got to say, you do a really good job of like talking about it in ways that real people can understand. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that that so many, uh, especially business owners that I bump into, are um, they're concerned with making money. They they think that really going into business, the the whole idea is is kind of to make money, but that's not really what they focus on. But really, when you go into business, the main thing to focus on is building a profitable business. And that's where a lot of people get caught because they don't understand the difference between making money and building a profitable business that can be self-sustaining. And so that's one of the things that really prompted me to write the new book, Profits on Fire, is really to bring in the money aspect to the business part of it so that you understand how those two intertwine and how that all works for you as a business owner. It does seem kind of odd that we have, I mean, because this is where people approach us is, is on the money-making front, on the business-building front. So we don't, we have to bring in, you know, people like you to explain the other big giant part of all of this is what are you, how are you setting up your business and and how much money you know how are you deciding where profits go where to reinvest where all of this stuff goes and then personally when it gets to your personal bank account how are you handling all of this stuff we don't talk about that much so we we're not experts in that right we're we're telling people how to make the money so we don't often get into these conversations but it sounds like now that you and Cheryl have come on and and it's kind of been uh you know kind of apparent in both what you're saying is that a lot of people have trouble with this 
that it's not a cut and dry situation. Once I make the money, everything's good. Yeah, and it's 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 not. Uh, it's only hard. It's only par- part of the story. It's only half of the story. So right. I make the money, and then I'm happy, and I go off. But but really, you're leaving so much on the table when you have a business, and you're not using your numbers or the way that your business really functions financially to make decisions for that business, then you're missing out in many cases on big opportunities or you're leaving yourself vulnerable to other things that can come in that you hadn't even thought about because you didn't really take a good look at your numbers and understood what they meant. Um, uh, when I talk to a lot of people about this, they, the first thing they think is that, well, she wants me to be an accountant or spend all my time you know, really worrying about n- my numbers. But that's not what I'm talking about. You can have other people put, put reports and things together for you. And if you think about what your accountant or your bookkeeper does, is they put together information based upon what's already happened. You know, that's the past. Right. They're showing you where, you know, what you did. They're not really helping you make decisions for your future based upon what has happened in the past. And that's a totally different part of it that so many business owners miss. Yeah, and, and you're always identifying with your past. And it's not yes. very entrepreneurial. And people who have an entrepreneurial mindset certainly don't like thinking about anything but what's next. What do I do next? Right. I'm always, that's the big, you know, laudable trait that everybody says is what part of what makes up an entrepreneur and we 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 applaud everybody for that. You know, good, you're an entrepreneur, you're always forward thinking, <laughs> but you know, you got to have a trajectory. It's like a GPS system. You got to be able to triangulate. That's that's three points. That's then, now and in the future. You have to be able to triangulate something so you can come up with a plan, which is what I suppose is a lot of what you help people do. Absolutely, because they, they're very good at what they do. You know, whatever their business is, they get very good at that. But they forget that there's another piece there. So what I do is I come in and I help them put that other piece in there so that they are able to, number one, know at all times where their business is. You know, they, they talk about cash is king. Well, cash really is king. And I look at so many business owners, especially those on a fast track, who really are going to run themselves out of business by having too much business because they cannot keep up with it. You know, there's they have orders coming mm-hmm. in, they have things going on, and they don't have the money to actually pay the suppliers to get the materials they need to fill the orders. And, but they didn't really think about that before they took on all those orders. And so they actually run themselves out of business by being too successful. You know, I mean, I, I know it sounds like an oxymoron yeah. here in there somewhere. But they do that. And the other flip side of it is I see so many business owners who don't pay themselves. They they tend to look at what's left over as their payment. And no one would live like that in the real world, you know, in the corporate world. Right. You you want your paycheck, you know. You want to know that something is coming in, that you can live and take care of your family and all those kinds of things. But many entrepreneurs feel like they shouldn't be taking money out of the business in a sense. They shouldn't be getting a salary because they're not that profitable. And so it's this vicious cycle of never getting paid, and you end up with, you know, years down the road – and you still are not getting paid because you've not built that into your whole system of how you work and how you pay yourself and your vendors and things like that. So there's, yeah. there's elements Which that are missing. Which is also a really 
Well, I was just going to say it's also a very detrimental effect on entrepreneurs and the entrepreneur spirit. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you're out there, you're doing all these things on the surface, it looks great, and you can tell people real-world results. We made this many sales and all this stuff, but what you don't want to tell anybody is that you haven't paid yourself or, or you're not taking, you know, I mean, and it's demoralizing. It's like when you get in that situation, you start rethinking this whole entrepreneur thing. I mean, because... There's a job out there for you you could go back to even if you hated it. It paid you regularly, and you got something to count on on a month-to-month basis. And even if you hated that job, I found people like kind of thinking, hey, I think I might go back to that because this sucks. Yeah, and it's all because they really didn't plan this out beforehand. Um, in some cases, too, they chose an idea that just wasn't profitable. But they didn't take mm-hmm. the steps to really to really realize that before they got too far into it. Um, so one of the things that I do, especially when I'm working with uh, new business owners, is really go through the steps of determining, is this a profitable idea? And in some cases, it can be a profitable idea, but it's not profitable enough for you, you know? Um, we all yeah. have in our heads a certain amount of money we would like to make, and uh, maybe you want to make... $100,000, and the business that you're thinking about setting up is only going to net you $20,000. Well, it's a profitable business, but it's not profitable enough for you. And if you understand that from the beginning, you can save yourself a whole bunch of, of time, trouble, worry, money, everything, you know, by, by doing that from the beginning, understanding is it going to be a profitable business and profitable enough for you. You're almost talking uh, like somebody could just dial it in. So if you caught somebody at that crucial moment and were able to tell them what you just said, would they? I mean, there's got to be at least a 50/50 chance that they look at you and go, "What do you mean? This is this is my idea." I mean, you only get so many ideas in your lifetime. And are you saying that I could just dial in what I want and then go find the business strategy that I need to 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 have the income that I need? Well, it's it's not quite that simple. Because uh, oh, there's, a, there's, there's a little thing in there called passion, you know, <laughs> just a little yeah. thing called passion. You've got to really want to do it. I mean, yes, there are businesses out there that people can do that are highly profitable, but they suck, and nobody wants to do it, you know. I mean, or that's, right. not, their th- that's not their thing. But I Part of the reason that they're it. highly profitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and it's like, well, I don't want to do that, you know. But, uh, but the thing that I find is people really looking at these things that they're so passionate about, and they're really just not understanding that it's not going to get them where they want to go. And so, uh, the, so part of the hard part of my job, though, is going into business owners who've been in business three, four, five years and really telling them at this point, this is what your business can do. And it's never going to get to where you think it's going to get to kind of thing. In mm-hmm. some cases, In some cases, we're actually able to give them ideas to expand on that idea or to tweak it in some way to get closer to where they want to be but in other cases it's like it's this is where it's this is the business so you either like it like this or it's not, you know or you leave it you know yeah. kind of thing and yeah, that's it would be hard, very fun to be the the grim yeah. reaper and call the time of death on their business and yeah, especially yeah. when they still got that gleam in their eye and no, 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 we can make this work, which is what it's got them to where they were, that tenacity and 
that passion and everything got them to where they, you know, the meager place that they're at, but it still pushed them to that point. And, and they still got fuel in the tank, maybe. They might be a little tired and baggy under the eyes, but no, we can do this. Can, <laughs> I see a lot can, of people can, hanging on to things. They're hanging on, and and it's really, um, yeah, it's painful at that point. It's it's very painful. And so, um, yeah. but, you know, you you have to think about the future and where that all that's why so many businesses fail and people go down with the ship you know they they end up sinking every penny they have they beg borrow steal whatever they need to do to keep that business going and they go down with the ship and it it doesn't have to be that way it it really doesn't um it's just a matter of understanding that money piece from the start and really making that a part of your whole plan yeah we always like to find people who are doing things and get them on a hug seat and uh, show them that the time of death does not have to be right now, that right. they're worried about <laughs> what their business is <laughs> and what it can do, but they just don't see that there are those opportunities. When you mentioned a little bit back that you talk about how they can augment and fix and add to and expand on the mm-hmm. current thing, that they don't have to call it dead in the water and start completely over, I like doing that because it's amazing when people get really focused. They're like a mountain lion. When it mm-hmm. sees its prey, they do slow motion videos and, it, and its pupils <laughs> dilate like instantly. Or uh-huh. a, a regular house cat will do it too with a feather or a string. Jan can tell us that. And, uh, <laughs> and that's focus. There's nothing in the world it can see except for what is in front of it. And it's the same thing as an entrepreneur. And it's, it's great because it helps you get things done when you're going in the right direction. It also helps you get things done going in the wrong direction. <laughs> and so when somebody comes in and says, hey, did you not even see this thing over here on your left? Did you just pass that up? Because that's where your money is. And they're yeah. like, holy crap, I did not see that at all. And, we see, and yeah. we see that all the time, every Wednesday on Hug Seats, when somebody comes in with an established business and they're trying to you know, make stuff happen. And it's hard because on the outside it's like, oh, they're not very smart. <laughs> it's not that at all. They're very intelligent people. They're just extraordinarily focused on right. the thing that they set out to do, and they're missing all of these little things on the side. So it's a, a really rewarding job that you have to be able to come in and, and show people things. You know, like, well, look, over here, like, turning on a light switch. Did you see all these profits over here? Yeah, yeah, it it's it's um uh, yeah, it it can be and and that works every every once in a while. So, I have to be really careful not to uh not to call the the TOD too fast, you know, for them because <laughs> because they're like they're shell-shocked at that point, you know, and it's and and, right. and it it's really sad when people just go into tears when you start talking to them. It's like, "Wait, wait, wait. You know, we can let's 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 take a look at it from a different angle from a different perspective because you've been looking at it through that little tunnel thing there and let's see if we yeah. can expand that a little bit and bring in some light and see if there's any way that we can do that and if you find an entrepreneur who is really who can really open their mind at that point then yeah you can do something but in many cases they're just they just shut down you know it has to be this way it, it, we can't you know, we can't do it any other way. It has to be this way, you know, kind of thing. And so then that's when it gets to be a really sad a sad picture at that point. So. Well, that's when you're, uh, you know, the guy with the megaphone on the ground floor yelling up to the guy on the ledge and talking <laughs> them out of the really stupid idea that they have of jumping off. I mean, you'd think 
that you can just go and hand dude, if you jump off this cliff, this building, you're going to die. You're going to die. You'd think that would be the end of it. It would be a one-minute podcast, and the guy would come to his senses and get off the ledge. But you got to spend some time negotiating against their really bad idea, and, and they will support it. Standing on the ledge yeah. of a building, ah, my life is worthless. I, yeah. it, it's the same kind of thing. When somebody gets a real serious, intense focus on what they're going to do, and this is going to work, and that belief system that you have to build up because nobody else around you believes you or in you mm-hmm. or that your idea is any good, and you have to put your guard up and all that stuff. When they put all that armor on, if they mm-hmm. get off in their trajectory just a little bit, then, then mm-hmm. they've got all that armor on, and nobody mm-hmm. can tell them. For a minute. You have to be really, really good, a good negotiator. You might have to yell into that megaphone for a couple of hours before they come to their senses and go, oh, okay, you're trying to save me. You're not trying to take my business or my passion or my idea away from me. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and when that works, it it is. You're right. It's it's really re- very rewarding. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun for me, and I tend to be one of those people that um, I have a lot of fun with my clients, and. Um, I sort of am the the combination of of the drill sergeant and, and the lovable mom kind of thing. So I go from yeah. one to the other. Whichever one I need to be at the time is is who I tend to be with them. And uh, we do we have we have a lot of fun. I love my clients, and and it's it's um uh, it is a it is a fun thing for me to do. Um, well, whenever we're talking money, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, you've got to have, like, a schizophrenic personality, but with a partner, me and Gina can be good cop, bad cop, and oh, and yeah. it works a little bit like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of it quite but, quite like that. I hadn't thought of having having a partner. That would have been a good idea. Uh, right now, I do have to be Jekyll and Hyde. You know, I really do yeah. um, have to be. I don't want to let her. I, well, actually, you could freak them all out and just say, I don't <laughs> want my other person in my head to start talking to you right now because she can be pretty mean. She can be really rough, and what I'm trying to do is get to this solution before we have to bring that big gun in, and then you spin around in your chair and bring her in, and yeah, that would be fun. That's it's cool, good to have fun, cool. and it's also good to make our lives seem so dramatic, like made for drama TV. Like it's not really like this, but it's fun to talk about it this way. Absolutely, absolutely, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Jan, do you have any other questions for our guest today? Since you guys are such yeah. big buddies and all. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've known Patricia for years. I met her at NAMM. She was an instructor there. And uh, so when I found out she was in Atlanta, I tracked her down, and I've basically stalked her ever since then. Um, <laughs> oh, so we've been in the same room. Yes, yes. Yes, okay. And, yes. and I was, you know, really, um, Patricia did such an awesome job growing this one-minute podcast to thousands of people in really just a few months. Um, And let's talk a little bit about how those numbers went, because I remember when you started, and it was what, in November, (laughs) late November? Late November, the uh, the week week after Thanksgiving, which... (laughs) Right. So we're talking right before, you know, December. And then in December, how many people do you think... Uh, probably, oh, maybe a hundred people. I mean, it was right. like nothing. So we talked like a hundred people, <laughs> you know, awesome. And then it went to like, what, three or four hundred the next month? It, it jumped up to, I think, around five hundred. And then, yeah. uh, then it started really just 
catapulting on itself, you know. And um, by the time I got to, I guess it was February. I don't yeah. know what happened in February. We were up to, um, we were up to about five thousand people, and right. um, then we had some peaks in there. Uh, up to seven thousand, and then back down to uh, five or six thousand, and it stayed. It stayed there. Um, right. So, so that's, yeah. that's really extraordinary. I mean, that is um, that's very good. I've talked to a lot of people who have had podcasts <laughs> and every other kind of thing, and let me tell you, going from zero to even three thousand in three months is huge. <laughs> but to get those spikes without using someone else's list. Yeah. You know, she, she didn't do JV things with people that had 10 million people on their list. Now, what do you do when you find a spike? Do you look at it uh, as in terms of topics? Are you having any hot topics that come up? Or are you noticing the spikes? You know, what do well, those have to do with, or can you tell? Well, there, well you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you say the spikes, and I do have these spikes. It's like one day it'll just go just off the charts. And then I'm looking at, okay, what did I cover that day? And, and you know, and maybe I covered uh, something on uh, debt or, you know, credit or retirement. Those seem to be really big triggers. But the thing that I find, though, that when I go and really look at the stats is that maybe only half the people went to that particular show. The rest of them went to all of the previous episodes. So it's um, it's it's an interesting, it's something that's, that I'm just not quite understanding in terms of in terms of how that works. But once you get them there, they really want to hear all the other shows too. And one of the things that I'm finding that is um, that's happened fairly recently, iTunes used to have um, your top 100 shows on there, or, or the you know the latest 100 shows. Now they've gone down to 20, and I think that by them going to 20. Um, there's good there's good news and bad news I think about that because because they're only 20 that means that that's all that people can go to and so when they come they only have those 20 to go to the so that's the that's kind of the bad news I would love for them to have more to, to be able to go to since that seems to be the 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 modus operandi that they come and listen to that one and then go and listen to others but at the same time only having 20 there means that if they want to hear more, they've got to come to my website to get them. So it's it's kind of a good news, bad news, and I'm not sure exactly which is the uh, which is the thing that works better for me, having the 20 or having more shows available for people to listen to when they go to iTunes. Well, I would think that if your call to action is strong, um, open it wide up. I was just thinking about mm-hmm. you know a how-to cast. Any kind of podcast that just focuses on how-tos, you would mm-hmm. definitely want to open all of those up because you never know what somebody's in the mood for that day. What are they chasing uh, after? For in, in my market, it's are you into list building or are you into calls to action or are you into mm-hmm. funnels or you know they could be mm-hmm. into so many things. And I say th- I yeah. think that it'd be the same for you that if uh, if they're perusing the list of things, one of them's going to jump out and go, I've got to listen to that one. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah, and that, and it really did. They just, they, iTunes just did this recently, and when I went there and saw that, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, they they only have twenty choices now before they had a hundred, which you know, yeah, yeah. if you're looking at a hundred, you're going to find something there. Uh, with the twenty, that makes it a little bit more difficult uh, it, to you know to really build that audience there because 
they don't have a lot of options. And my show is only a minute long, so I mean, they could listen yeah. to twenty. They could listen to twenty shows in no time. You know, in twenty minutes, they they've gone through my whole thing there. So yeah, um, yeah. So I it's, think one it's, of the things that's a real big takeaway for our audience today is that if you've ever heard anybody say you need to have a podcast because I have one and it's killing it. This is the first thing that people are like, yes, I do. I need to have a podcast. So they go and research what it takes to have a podcast and how to integrate their WordPress blog with their RSS feed that goes to iTunes and the plugins that you need. And they research all this stuff, and then they go, huh, looks like everybody's got a 30-minute to an hour show. I, how am I going to – it just starts right off the bat to snowball into, yeah, I'm sure I need a podcast, but I don't want to do it. And you're yeah. proof, you're living proof that I think one of the appeals must be that there's a place on iTunes that you can go get really valuable information on this topic in a minute, a minute's yes. time. With all of our advanced ADD and uh, <laughs> electronic uh, DD and, and everything else that we have, what a refreshing angle. What a, what a way to think about an age-old thing now, the podcast, and revamping it. You know, I've heard lots of people say they have 15-minute shows and and maybe 10-minute shows, but, man, somebody went to a minute, and you did it. I'm totally stealing your idea, but I'm going to give you credit, and I won't come into your market to do it. I promise that. I don't know anything about money, really, except making it. That's that's really quite all right. I I love um, you know I love the whole idea of of the minute thing so much that what I've started doing is I've started actually mentoring people who want to do a minute or up to up to, I go up to like five minutes I can go to five minutes and mentoring those people helping them through how you actually set up a podcast how you market it how you put the whole thing together and really build an audience based upon that minute because I found that, you know, just like some people take a long time to say something, there's a lot of people who don't understand how to say it shorter. So <laughs> so yeah. I think there's a I think there's a market there. So at any rate I've started mentoring a couple of people on how to do that and uh actually set up a little program that people can go through and I help them. Uh, you know, for that, get that minute podcast out there, or three minutes, whatever they'd like to have, um, yeah. and how you actually design wasn't it, one. And, mm-hmm. Wasn't it Rachel Ray that came up with the uh, five-minute meals or something like that? And it was a huge, it just reminded me, it's a, it was a massive hit for all the people who mm-hmm. were too busy to come home and cook a big old meal, so they would mm-hmm. always do, you know, cook. You can do the same thing with this. It's like, look, I can yes. get you what you need in just mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah. And and so they're searching through iTunes, going, God, I got to listen to this dude's program for an hour, or or yours for a minute. Let me, <laughs> let me at least try that. It doesn't. And yeah. so with the same amount of effort in setup and everything, although I bet you have a a, a way that you teach people now that you wish you would have done it when you set it up, probably since you've learned a bunch of things, and Absolutely. you can save some time there. Yeah. So and you so, know, yeah, Patricia. No. You yes. and I should really exchange some things here. I could help you with business strategy and leverage. You could definitely help me with getting my message down to smaller bite-sized chunks. Well, that's that sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. I I would think that one one crucial element is put yourself in a container. You put yourself in a 1-minute container outside mm-hmm. which you cannot operate. It is 1 minute and if you're really <laughs> hooked on that idea, if that is the core of the passion for this next action that you're going to take, 
which is putting together a podcast, at the core of it is it's a minute. I made a promise to myself I was going to do this. It's a minute. Put mm-hmm. yourself in that mm-hmm. container, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it does change the way you speak and the words that you use, and you probably cut out 50 of Jack's metaphors. You're going to have to do that. <laughs> You're going to have to, you know. I mean, you you put yourself in that container, and you start to go, okay, now I don't have the luxury of time. I can right. only do it in this amount of space. So, your body, your mind, everything switches to a new mode. How do I get the job done in this? It's like a it's like a mission. I bet it was really exciting. It probably still is for you to put these things together and go, how is this going to fit into a minute? How can I make it so impactful? As if somebody listened to a 20-minute or, or an hour-long one, how can I do that in a minute? It must seem yeah. like a really great challenge sometimes, and you're like, I'm good at this. It's it's fun. I, I will I will admit to you, I have a lot of fun with this. And and somebody was saying to me, it's like, well, you know, it's almost like you write out every show because they're so tight, and there's no, you know, there's no oohs and ahs, and you know, I mean, you're you're just, it's really tight. And it's like, yeah, how do you think I do a minute? I have to write it. If I don't, I'd keep going forever, you know. So it's like, yeah, you really, <laughs> it's like I could go, I could go five minutes, I could do five minutes, but um. But my thing is, is that it has to be, and in within that minute, I have to give them some kind of actionable thing that they can do related to money. And so it is. It, it's it's a fun thing for me to to sit there and figure out. Okay, now how can I talk about the whole subject of blank? You know, in one minute, and I just break it down, and I've got um, so many words that you know I keep it to a certain word count, and we just do it. You know, it just, I cut out words. I, I get to the essence of everything. You just get the essence is what you get on everything. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and for, for the listeners, one idea that I just had was the, the simple repetition of things that are common knowledge or have the potential for your listeners to have heard before but need the reminder and appreciate it very much. And the example of that in, like on Facebook, when somebody puts up a quote from Einstein or uh, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs or something like that, it, there's a really good chance that most everybody who reads it has heard it before, somewhere, right. somehow, probably mm-hmm. with a different picture and probably in the same format. But they appreciate it. They still like it. They literally click on the like button, and they'll comment on it. And what that mm-hmm. should be teaching us as marketers of anything that we're doing is that people can't get enough of certain things. So if you're in right. a one-minute container – I, I imagine that since you've done a bunch of these, that you've said some things on these one minutes that are like, I know that people have heard this before, but I need to say it in my own way and get it out there again because it's a reminder wisdom thing, a nugget of something that people really, really appreciate. Oh, God, thank you for getting me back to focus, back to my foundation. That really helped me. I was getting off track. Well, you know that's it's, it's interesting that you say that one of the one of the one of the best comments I guess that I got or uh, or reviews on my blog really just that's exactly what they said. It's a daily money motivation thing to keep me on track, and it's really just being able to flip to that every day to hear that little blurb, and it makes you because once you start your day thinking about money just kind of goes away. But if you had that little thing, when you get ready to do something, it's really crazy. Maybe it'll pop in your head and say, "Don't do that," you know, or or think about that first, yeah. or something like that. So that so they're using that as sort of like just a daily motivation thing to to get them going, to keep them on the right track, to manage their money. And and yeah, you, the things that I talk about, I can't really go off on wild tangents because I don't have enough time to do that. 
So it's all kind of common sense kind of things, but really just from a different perspective or a different angle, you know, that they may not yeah. have heard quite that way before. So I just keep thinking in the back of my mind, if anybody's been thinking about doing a podcast and <laughs> this doesn't get you, then you were never, ever meant to do a podcast in your life. You were never meant, and you can walk away with no regrets knowing that you have explored this podcast idea to down to the minute, literally. Down to the minute. <laughs> and it's not going to work for you. There's another way for you. This isn't it. And, you know, I just want to add one thing. You know, Patricia said that she she helps mentor people. But it's a little better than that. Now, I don't know about you, but I know you know this from working with people in uh, Directions University, that sometimes just giving the instructions is not enough. Um, Patricia actually spends three months. She has a three-month, I will hold your hand, walk you through this process of creating your own one to three to five-minute show. Okay, so it's, the kind of, uh, basically, it's the kind of uh, attention you actually want to have. Like someone to read your script and say that's either good or bad. Or to help you actually set the things up and make sure it works. All the kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's Basically, when I talked to her about it, I was like, this is the program people think they're getting when they buy that $1,000 program. And then they get dumped into a forum. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I wanted to say that it's really, and that's because that's how she likes to operate. You know. Well, it's kind of obvious on the, on its surface if you if you really want to lower the amount of marketing that you have to do and just keep the people that you do get closer and keep them coming back. You got to really take care of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I was, I was also thinking, you surely don't sit down and set up all your junk, get everything ready, get all this stuff open and everything, and just record a minute. I'm almost certain <laughs> that I'm not going to embarrass you or anything here that you probably sit down and do a bunch of these in a row, right? I usually do uh, I usually do a week, uh, but I've been uh, a week at a time, but I've been kind of behind the eight ball ever since tax season. I got off my game, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so it's just been hard getting back to that. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I do a lot of, uh, but the the whole idea is to be able to sit down on Sundays and do five shows and have them put them in the can and have them all ready to go, so that they roll out um, each day without me having to do anything really that's the that's the ideal yeah. situation nine times out of ten i get to do that sometimes i don't but that is the ideal kind of thing and um but what that means is is that you really have to uh, if you can do five shows at a time it gives you the opportunity to to cross you know to go back and forth between the shows and say what we're going to talk about on friday is this blah 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 so it really sets yeah. your audience up really, really good if you're able to tell them what's coming, you know, kind of thing. So that's that's a good point. right because there's a there's a minute story, there's a story at a, uh, that goes a minute at a time, and then there's the overall story that ties all all of them together. Or like you're doing a series, like we're you know, so you're doing a minute at a time, but you could have very easily had a 15 minute podcast and talked oh, about sure. the whole thing. But you're breaking it up, and I think I still think that's got to be one of the things that Jan was talking about spikes. Um, or just the interest in something like that, it's so easy. It's the same process of subscribing on iTunes or downloading from the site, 
But mm-hmm. you're not making a big commitment. You're not making, right. as the listener, a very big commitment. So it's like, I can do this. It right. must be a lot easier to get people to opt to do this than it is to commit to a giant podcast that's, you know, well, that's, <laughs> you know, because they'll look at it and go, that's an hour of my life. And even though I am listening to it in my car or whatever, I have choices in the things that I can listen to in the car. And this, this yeah. has to be so good. Because it's an hour, and it just has to. So they hold it up to that le- level, and right. then they see something else. It's just like, well, I can do that in a minute. <laughs> and, and and they must they must find that appealing, and the opt-in rates for that must be affected for for that reason as well. I I think so. It's it's like you know, it takes you back to that old name that tune, and I can name that tune in, in five notes and four notes. You know. Yeah, what I'm yeah. Uh, so so yeah, it it's it is. I think that. It doesn't require a huge commitment, a huge time commitment. Although, as I said, when people come, they don't listen to just one episode; they're listening to several right. episodes, which is which is interesting to me, kind of thing. So, um, I I think that yes, it, it, it's an easy way to get them in, and I think that the thing that uh, a lot of people don't understand is that yes, podcasting is um, is a hot new thing right now. But it does require you, as as the podcaster, to make a commitment and stick with it, and that's the thing that that gets really hard after a couple of months. It's like it's really hard to go in yeah. there every day and do this, you know, kind of thing. But uh, once you get well, your system yeah, down, the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, the podcast, the the podcast gets you so many things. It brings you so many opportunities that you mm-hmm. may be able to start out like gangbusters because there's nothing mm-hmm. else to do. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden people are like, I heard your podcast. I'm, I'm not a, a potential client. I'm a potential JV partner. I'm a, poti- I'm a you know, mm-hmm. all of these things start hopping out of the bushes at you. And now you're like, well, now I've got to call. Now i got mm-hmm. my podcast that i got to do every Sunday, and then i got to promote it all week and everything. And now i got this call on Wednesday with this person who wants to help get me more exposure. i got to take that call. And you then gotta now i got three more clients. Yeah. i got three more yeah. clients and a call. And the podcast has to keep and going. Next week you've got four more clients. You've got the three already. Now you've got seven clients and you've got another call on Wednesday. So that's how you have to have a system set up so that yeah. so that it's yeah. all marked out. Like the marketing that you would do throughout the week has to be marked out on your calendar because you can't, you can't, that's where it starts to degrade, right? Well, this week yeah. I've got my podcast done and, and my five episodes are going to roll out and everything. But then you start we- eating away at the edges of it, like uh, I didn't get to market properly for Thursday's <laughs> podcast on Thursday because I scheduled too many things. You have to really, like you said, you have to stay very true to uh, a system. Yeah, yeah, you do have to stay true to a system. And as uh, and I have a mentor myself, and as he always says, the podcast must go on. You know, you you cannot yes. not do that. People, once you get people coming, you cannot drop them. You know, you have to be there right. to be there for them. And so that, you know, you have to do that. And it, at some point, and I'm at the point now where I can actually, I have a system. I can have an assistant come in and do a lot of the work for me. So I'm at that point where I can do that. But for the first few months, it had to be me because I had to understand all these systems. Now I can, you know, I'm, I can turn it over to somebody else for the most part. And and do all the other things I need to do as with clients and things like that. Don, well, do you do you want any more clients to work with? Only sixty seconds left. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to get to that point. I, I was getting to it right now. 
I want to know where do you want more clients? Do you want more podcasting clients uh, to help with podcasting, or do you want more uh, clients in the money area? Where do you where do you want to send people? I think a lot of people here would like to hear more about or learn more about this whole thing that we've been talking about, the podcasting (laughs) thing, and how you're getting traffic with it. Well, the the podcasting thing would be great. I'd love to have some some clients in there. I've got some space in what I'm doing right now, and they can they can really uh, learn more about that by going to uh, psworth pswrth dot com uh, forward slash podcast, and I have a whole lot of information that they can they can get right there. And uh, my number is there. Everybody can call me, email me, and to get more information on that. And also they can find you at mym360.com as well. Absolutely, absolutely. That's my main site, yeah. Patricia, thank you so much. This has been one of my funnest ones this year. You're you're <laughs> a delight to talk with. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. I, I really have. Thank you. And let's definitely get back together again, Patricia, off the air this time and see okay. what we can do to help one another. Jen, that set sounds that really up good. for me if you would. Okay. Oh, that sounds really good. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. And I just added the psworth.com forward slash podcast link to the show notes. So everybody should be able to find you at both places. Thank you so very much. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.